welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. I am so excited to be joined tonight by James Huller. James has got some serious chops in the ultra running world. I met him last year at the Cape Fear 24 hour, and he mentioned this little 200 mile race on one of the loops that we ran together and just totally sold me on this thing. And so I thought, man, I have got to get James on living an ultra life so he can talk a little bit about it. So James, ready to go for a run? I'm ready. Let's do it, man. All right, bud. So uh, let's kind of start by telling us a little bit about who you are, where you come from, where you live, what you do, that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As he said, I'm James Huller. I live now in coastal North Carolina, loving this humidity out here near the coast. A retired uh, United States Marine. Call Pennsylvania home still, even though I haven't lived back there for 30 plus years. You know, just uh, we retired and, and the standard of living out here is pretty good. We had a great family connection out here, so we, we stuck it out. I've been a lifelong runner. I uh, started running in high school to stay in shape for wrestling, but never really thought it would take me anywhere, man. I didn't think I would do anything with it, didn't think anything of it other than just it was fun to do. I can remember sitting on the floor in my house when I was a youngster back in about 1981 watching the uh, Ironman Triathlon being run down in Hawaii. And just thinking, man, that's massive. That's crazy. That's insane. I would love to do that someday. And it was just kind of a passing thought, man. But uh, fast forward many, many years, I never, never ran track, never ran high school, never ran competitively anything ever as a youngster. But as I got older in the Marine Corps, just kept doing more running, more running, more running. I met some folks that, that did some ultras, was convinced to do a uh, marathon. I had every excuse in the book. Uh, with the last one being it's too expensive. And then I found out it was free. So I didn't even have an out for that. So I, I <laughs> took that right off. away, didn't it? So it hurt, but uh, but I had a good time doing it. Um, even though it hurt, I had a good time doing it. I was a drill instructor at the time out, out in San Diego as a Marine Corps drill instructor. And just the hours are crazy. Uh, the stress we put on the body is crazy. You're operating three, four, five days in a row. It may be two hours of sleep a night if you're lucky. And when I left the depot, I was in awe of the endurance that we build, what the body is capable of withstanding and how we adapt to overcome harshness, long hours, you know, sleep deprivation, lack of nutrition, all that stuff just kind of set in the back of my mind. I was just amazed at what we were able to do and still perform at a pretty high level. And uh, in 2009, well, back to the, probably 2008, I, I think I got promoted, uh, got a new duty station and I came across the book by Dean Carnazzi's uh, ultra marathon man. Yep. I read that and it was just, it blew me away what that dude was capable of doing and how he did. And, and you know, I came across Pam Reed and, and what she was doing. And um, I want to say right around the same time, I heard of David Goggins and what he was doing. And it just kind of set there perfectly in my mind and what we did as drill instructors. And it, and, it, and it lit a fire in my tail to see what am I capable of doing. So in 2009, I signed up for my first ultra, uh, which was the Buncombe, Buncombe, South Carolina. I think it was a 34 mile run. And it was absolutely amazing. The community that was out there, you know, I've ran tons of 5Ks, 10K, half marathons, marathons. Uh, but that ultra community out there for the first time uh, was just, it was, it was like Long Lost Family. And it just, it lit a fire that I did that in May. And I ran three more before the end of the year. Wow. And I missed a year since 2009 of running ultras, man. It's just, the community sucked me in and it's been amazing. Yeah. I don't think the community, I constantly tell people, it, there's a lot that society as a whole could learn from the ultra running community. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I um, mean, you go to any ultra running race, any ultra race, 
And you are going to find people, yeah, people are competing. I mean, look at last year, Cape Fear, the 24-hour, Billy Gunn just laying down mile after mile after mile. He was out there competing, but, you know, he was also encouraging everybody else around him. And that's what you find in the ultra running community. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter if you're a lifelong runner. Man, the ultra running community just kind of welcomes you in and says, let's go run. You know, it's, it's amazing. It does, man, and that's what I love about it. It's a great story. I'm sure you and probably a lot of your uh, listeners know Kelly Kelly Fegis. Yes. Uh, now I've known her for several years now. She met my daughter. I did a, a run called the Cremator, uh, Cremator 50-miler down in, down in Buford. It's not being run anymore, but, man, that's, a, that's like my, my dream race. I love it. My daughter met her down there, but fast forward a couple of years, and she was running um, repeat retreat. Retreat, repeat. I say that backwards all the time. Is, retreat, that, is that the one that's like a couple different distances, an hour things? It's, it's an eight-hour race done in the Francis Marion Forest down in South Carolina. Okay. It's free to next to nothing. for. I think it's free for kids to run it. If they want a shirt, then there's a there's like a $10, $12. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a real cheap fee uh, for that. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very inexpensive race to do. Put him by Noah Moore. He does an amazing job down there with that thing. But my daughter ran that with me one year, and she was running with a buddy of hers. And I had goals that I wanted to reach, but she was running on her own with her buddy. Her buddy dropped out. She's like, I'm done. I've met my goal. I'm good. And my daughter was doing uh, doing a loop by herself, and there's this place where the two opposite directions pass each other. Okay. And just filling the dumps, man. She was done. And Kelly was coming. And if you know Kelly, she's always smiling. She's always happy. She's always got something to say, uplifting. And she saw my daughter and made some sort of comment to her about, hey, girl, you're doing amazing. Keep it up. And just that bright beaming, beaming smile that Kelly always has, you know, ignited my daughter, man. She, she finished that lap. And uh, then she and I agreed to finish the rest of the day together. And she relayed that story to me. And I was like, I know exactly who you're talking about, lady. So when we came around, she was sitting at the uh, start finish line, relaxing with, with the timer. And she's like, there she is, dad. There she is. That's the lady. That's the lady. And I was like, so I stopped in and I took her over and introduced her to her. And they've, they've ran together several times out different races, but that's the, that's the community, man. That's, I mean, that's, that's not an uncommon thing out there. I mean, no, I love it. That you'll find it at any race. Delta running community oh, is amazing. Yes. Yes, it is. So you've run all these races and then Let's jump into, if you don't mind, the Swami story. Okay. So Swami Shuffle, it has kind of a long story the way it got started, but I'll shorten it up as much as I can. So Swami Shuffle is named after Dustin Lang. He, he was a Marine that served with uh, my, my co-race director, Josh. They served together down at Paris Island. His nickname was Swami. So that's where the name comes from, a Swami Shuffle. He committed suicide on 28 February, 2020. Uh, so Josh and I had started a few years earlier. When Josh got into ultra running, he ran for another fellow by the name of Aaron Stafos, who took his life in, in May of 2018. So every run he would do, he would do in the honor of Aaron. Uh, so he concocted the idea that we would do a run, him and I together, called Clear the Fall. Uh, and we would do that run. The intent was to do it from Paris Island, South Carolina, which is a Marine Corps boot camp on the East Coast. We would start at Paris Island, South Carolina, and we would run to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina in honor of Aaron and to raise money for the organization called Mission 22, which is on the forefront of veteran suicide prevention. They, we can talk about that a little bit, but they just provide so many great services free of charge to, uh, to veterans. So we plan to do clear the fog from down there, Paris Island back to North Carolina, uh, back to Camp Lejeune, 
in honor of Aaron, but then COVID hit. So we couldn't do it as planned. So he ran out on the Outer Banks. He was stationed at Virginia Beach. He did his run out there. I did my run down here in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And we came up with the number uh, 322. We had intended it to be about 300 miles because that's what we guessed from, uh, from Paris Island to Camp Lejeune was. So we picked 322. We ran it. And while he was running on the Outer Banks, they got chased off the Outer Banks by the storms. But at some point, he had ran from his house at Virginia Beach to the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse. Okay. And he's like, dude, this is such an amazing place to run. We need to do something out here. And from that, we started doing some looking. And he found a place down there that we could run, starting on Virginia Beach, and go to the lighthouse. We run a Cape Hatteras Lighthouse. The intent when it's open is that the, uh, the runners will touch the lighthouse, get a picture down there, and then they come back to Virginia Beach. The number 200 just happened to be the distance. It wasn't that we had a, you know, a particular reason for it. But interestingly enough, most of the folks that did it the first year, when they did all the Google searches and mapping and all that stuff on the computers, came up with the number 222. So it just becomes significant. You know, the number 22, yeah. 22 a day to take their lives. And, and it kind of grew from there. But yeah, it's, it's named after Dustin Swami Lang, uh, who took his life. So we started on the day he took his life one year later. Awesome. Awesome. So 2021 was the first year, right? Yes. 2021 was the first year. And I believe nine runners start. Okay. Uh, Seven finish, I think was the numbers. The great thing we had that year was his daddy and his son attended the race with us. Oh, wow. Uh, His father flew out from Indiana. I think he's from Indiana. Flew out, spent spent almost the entire week out there with us. That's Uh, awesome. Had his son with him, you know, to honor him and, and do the race. It was, it was you know, it was touching. It was sweet. A Medal of Honor recipient, Navy Medal of Honor recipient, just happened to be in the neighborhood and was able to stop by and present the uh, the race winner who was Kelly Fegis with a Medal of Honor coin. Wow. Uh, that was, was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Totally cool. So let's talk a little bit about Mission 22, because I know that's kind of a centerpiece of why you do the Swami Shuffle. And we talked about it at Cape Fear last year, and you really got me intrigued because I had never heard of Mission 22 before I talked with you. So tell us a little bit about Mission 22, how people can get involved with them, and how Swami Shuffle is related to Mission 22. Okay. So yeah, so Mission 22, we came across when we were researching, you know, we, we were both passionate about helping veterans that were dealing with suicide. And, you know, we, there's, there's a ton of organizations out there, and I don't want to take any fire away from any of them because they're all doing great things. Uh, but the more research we did, we liked the way Mission 22 handled what they did and the programs they provided. Um, you know, they provide everything free of cost. They provide one-on-one counseling for service members or veterans with licensed counselors. They provide over-the-phone counseling for them. There's equine therapy that, that they can sign up for. They've got, you know, different holistic approaches that they use. They'll get them Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu memberships, CrossFit memberships. They'll team with different, you know, physical outlets because that's the biggest thing when we, what we find with veterans that are going down that road towards suicide is that lack of connection, that lack of, of camaraderie, the lack of interacting with folks. So, you know, it's, it's getting that face-to-face, person-to-person actions that, that can really help them. So, you know, Mission 22 is on the forefront of helping provide those services to our veterans in need. And there's no cost to the veterans. That's amazing. That, that's wonderful. So how does Swami Shuffle benefit Mission 22? All entry fees and all donations that we get 
goes straight to Mission 22. The finisher's buckles are donated by a local woodshop here in Jacksonville. The shirts are donated through another charity. The hats are donated through me and Josh. So every dollar that's paid for the entry fee, every dollar that is made on the donation page then goes to, uh, we have since started a nonprofit called Awareness in Action that supports Mission 22 as well as other local grassroots veteran suicide prevention organizations. Okay. Uh, so like could but, runners use awareness and action to raise money during the race for mission 22 or how would that work? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, with awareness and action, we're, we're in a process of finishing up, finalizing the website right now, but once it's online, we have cash app, we have Venmo, we have PayPal cash check, whatever, you know, through awareness and action. And then at the end of the race, we write the check to mission 22 and a grassroots organization that's on the forefront of taking care of our veterans. Awesome. That is amazing. That's kind of what sold me on doing Swami Shuffle 200. It was like, I want to do the 200 mile distance and uh, I'm looking forward to completing the 200 mile distance, but it just intrigues me that this is a run that I could use to also raise money for veteran suicide prevention. Who would have thought that a lap around the little 0.6 mile loop at Cape Fear would do that? It's amazing. It is. It is, man. I'm, I'm so glad I ran into you out there and talked to you about it because it, it is it's such a big cause. I mean, it's great. And you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to be able to do my little tiny piece that I can for it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what are your running plans this year? What are you doing? Ooh, I, I don't know right now. I have set in stone. I will do in October, I'm doing the uh, Cape Fear 24-hour endurance run again. Yeah, we'll it's, see you there. That'll be fun. It, it is, that has become like my – that is one of my go-to races. I cannot miss that race. She puts on such a great, great production, man. I, I, yeah. One of the best food – man, it, uh, man it's, it's everything. Yeah. I mean, everything out there. The is people, just, it's amazing. Yes. That's one that my wife is like, we can do this one every year. <laughs> She doesn't say that about every race I sign up for, but yeah, that's one of the ones that she's like, we can do this every year. I think this will be my fourth year doing it. I've had twice that I've had to come in late because I, I used to coach softball. So I had other obligations I had to do, but I would always come in late and knock it out there. But man, that's just, I can't miss it. I, I love the people out there. I love her and I love her race, man. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it'll um, be so fun. I'm going to do that. And we're using that as a stepping stone for a, another fundraiser that I'm combining our uh, awareness and action organization with another one called Paddling for Pennies. So my buddy is going to join me. He's a big kayaker. I'm a big runner, obviously. So he's going to come out and run his first ever ultra. And that's our only goal for him is to get the ultra distance, 27 miles. He can be done. Don't care. And then the next morning, as soon as the race is done, once all the awards are passed out, we're going to grab our kayaks. And we're going to launch at the boat launch there in Lillington. And we're going to kayak to Wilmington. That's amazing. Uh, it's I'm scared, but. That, I guess that's why I do it. <laughs> that's that's how many miles is that? Man, I just had that wrote down. I want to say 156 ish. Wow. So We're you're looking gonna, at you're going to run a 24 hour run and then you're going to paddle 156 miles. Yes, sir. You're crazy. Now, now, not so much advertise. They run, but you know as well as I do. There's walk, run, right? Uh, and enjoy a cold beer. They're set and enjoy some food. Knowing that the kayak trip is coming up afterwards, I probably won't do the entire 24 straight through i'm gonna take some breaks and try to go into the paddle and then once we go on the kayaks i'm thinking as long as the water's moving south or moving out towards the coast i can relax a little bit but yeah let the water we'll see how that works but yeah living an ultra life is brought to you by forge glory athletics 
Forest Glory Athletics is a science-driven, client-proven, premier running company that instills strong, introspective pillars through disciplines of movement that award personal growth in multiple aspects of the athlete's life without injury. We must find the light within ourselves before others can follow. Christopher Guerra. That's amazing. I have only tried kayaking one time with my wife and, and we laughed more than we paddled. We made beautiful circles together. I have come to my life and I don't know why I'm doing it again, but sounds good. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So we kind of have a tradition living in altar life. The whole point of the living in altar life is, you know, there's so many voices telling people what they can't do that I wanted to create a podcast to tell people that you can. You're, you're capable of so much more living an altar life. It's all about the, you know what, we were given an amazing life and we're told to live life to the full. And so one of the things that we like to do with living an altar life is we like to take runners that are seasoned and that have done some amazing things like you have done and now race directing a 200 mile race and raising funds for veteran suicide prevention and everything. And let's just say, James, that you're sitting down with a person like your friend that's getting ready to run their very first ultra marathon. What would be the number one thing that you would say to them? Man, so I'm going to say two things. First thing I'll bring, uh, I'm a personal trainer as well. And I talk to a lot of clients to say, I can't. And you can put whatever after can't that you want to. I can't do a pull up. I can't do a push-up. I can't run. I can't run that far. And I, and I tell them every time they make that statement, that's a fair statement to make, but you need a comma yet. I can't yet. That's awesome. You know, there's nothing we're not capable of. You know, that's, that's my biggest advice to anybody's man. Just you can't yet. And you never will if you don't try. You know, we, we cut ourselves too short too often. I talk about ultra running, man. I, I love doing it. And the reality is I don't put in the miles that a lot of these folks do. I mean, honestly, if you look at my annual mileage, dude, it's low. It's just consistent doing stuff and understanding that, you know, hey, the end's going to be here. One of the things I talked about with our runners last year at the Swami Shuffle is to remind them that no matter how bad you feel in a run, like you're going to get to a point that run, you feel absolutely horrible. When you're at your absolute lowest on a run, embrace that moment because one of two things is going to happen. Either you can go lower, so be happy with where you're at. You're not there yet. You're not at your lowest point. Or if you're at your lowest point, you cannot get any worse, so you're only going to get better. So wherever you're at, just embrace it, man. Just, just embrace it and go. That's awesome. Is there still room for people to sign up for Swami Shuffle? As of this morning, we had nine of 22 spots filled. Okay. So, so plenty of room. Even when it feels, even when it feels, know that you can usually count on 75% showing up. Right. So there's always open space. So anybody that wants to get, get in, I can't say I can guarantee 100% of everybody that wants to get in can get in. But I also keep one extra one in my pocket. Josh keeps one extra one in his pocket. If the list is full when someone wants to sign up, get on the wait list. You know, we filled up. We had 22 on the list. We had five or six on the wait list. They went through and we still put a couple in. And we only showed up with something in the teens. We didn't have our full 22 last year. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Just get on the wait list at, at the worst. Yeah. I think it's a perfect entry into the 200 world. It's beautiful. You got beaches. You've got maybe wild horses. You've got three different lighthouses. Yeah. Sunrises, amazing sunsets. And a, a very generous cutoff. 
Yeah. I tell people I did Blackbeard's 100 this last year. So I said, I'm cheating. I've already done the course one way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just missed that 20 miles of the Sandbridge beach. That's it. So, you know, I'll do a lot of beach running this summer. That, that I hate to say it, but that's really probably about the toughest part of it. You know, the bridge cutting across is, is rough because there's just nothing once you get out there between the two islands. But that 20 some miles on the beach, because there is absolutely nothing there. So you beach in water. Yep. And it's, it's, it's the end, the beginning part, whatever. It's yeah. The, the beginning end. is the beginning. Oh. It's those last 20 miles that are going to be sucking yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you're by yourself because there's, there's no aid anywhere yeah. for those last 20 miles. You, those last 20 miles are you and you. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited to get back out there. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it is awesome. I really appreciate you coming on and, and spending some time with us and just kind of talking. You know, I wish and... there one more thing. I wish okay. there one more thing. Got a minute. Just, just because numbers. So we talk about 22 a day. And I think that's one of the things that we lose in context is what, what does 22 veterans a day mean? And numbers without context can be misleading. So when you look at 22 veterans a day, that's 8,030 veterans a year. But what does 8,030 veterans equate to? If you look at the Iraqi war and the Afghanistan war, we're looking at pro- approximately 21 years, those two things combined, th- that we fought in Afghanistan and Iraq. A total of less than 7,000 service members died in combat op- operations. Wow. 6, 000- Wait a second. Less than 7,000 and we're losing 8,030 a year to suicide? suicide yes sir that puts seven, that in in huge perspective seven thousand in 21 years of combat operations iraq and afghanistan eight thousand thirty annually to suicide wow equate that to vietnam vietnam we lost fifty-eight thousand to combat operations a course of 19 years course of 19 years we lost fifty-eight thousand. if you do the math on that 22 a day that's 152,000 committed wow. suicide in a 19-year span. So when you start putting it in the context of the combat stuff, you know, it, it makes it, I think, I don't know, it just adds context to the numbers. Because numbers can be misleading, man. We can, you know, we can say numbers all day long. That, but that is, is an awakening like- statistic right there. And yes. an even better reason to support awareness and action and mission 22 and getting some attention put into these organizations because our veterans need the assistance. Yes, sir. And I don't want to take anything away from the civilian population at all. You know, I'm not trying to do that, but if if you look at the, there's a 14 year study done and civilian suicides rose 23%, which is horrible. Veteran suicides rose 32% over that same 14 year span. Wow. That's some big numbers, James. Yes, sir. I really appreciate what you're doing for veterans and appreciate your service. How many years, Marine Corps? Total? I did 20. 25? 24 and a half. 20, wow, 24 and a half. Thank you so much for sure. your service. I appreciate hearing that. Thank you. It you was bet. my yeah. You were worth it. I enjoyed it. Good. Thank you so much, James. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.